Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast, I'm Tom Barbelay. Today, more of Bob Mottram's questions. Bob asks associated with testing, and this is one of the reasons that I'm moving the simulation, or at least the simulation core that will be represented in a server-side implementation into Java, because utilising a lot of the unit testing, a lot of the things that make you know, Java relatively unique in terms of unit testing, can be also used in JavaScript, but let's just talk about Java. That's a great benefit to have. And although historically I've written these kind of unit tests in C, bundled it together with the simulation or the Noble Toolkit, I like the ability to, you know, write a bit of Java associated with the simulation and then test it in standalone and integrated form. And that's certainly one of the things that I'm utilizing currently in the Java implementation. Bob asks associated with turning the simulation into separate libraries. Historically, the simulation has existed in separate libraries. I've tried to utilize the Noble Toolkit and to explain to others how to utilize the Noble Toolkit with example applications like Noble Warfare and the Mushroom Boy to show that the underlying ideas in Noble Ape can also be propagated into other projects. Ultimately, ideally, this kind of stuff would be written for games, which is why I started dividing the simulation up into library form. But, you know, in terms of the agent modeling, in terms of ApeScript, in terms of the audio processing, there's a wide variety of things that the you know, the various components of the Noble Ape simulation can be used for. For a long period of time, in the order of maybe five to seven months, I looked at editing podcasts with Noble Ape and actually using, like, intelligent audio analysis as a means of modifying and removing ums and ahs and this kind of stuff and putting audio together dynamically. That project was interesting. I think the code exists on GitHub somewhere. But really, it wasn't practical. And my ability to edit podcasts is so... I don't know how one would describe it, so... Almost subliminal, basically, you just put audio in front of me, wait a period of time, mysteriously a podcast gets edited. So in that light, you know, that project fell by the wayside, but it's an interesting project if people wanted to pick it up. Ideally, I've been looking at Noble Ape really since about 2000 as separate libraries. And the fact that it all comes together in this one thing, it's secondary really because the various components can be divided out and utilised accordingly. As I've described previously, obviously ApeScript, the Noble Ape Toolkit, for a variety of things, even the command line environment using the command line interface that I developed with Noble Ape for other projects. All these kind of things come together, and really now it's more a question of whether people are still using the C programming language and how relevant C is. And I think this is why, you know, moving to Java and JavaScript as a means of showing that the underlying components in Noble Ape aren't, you know, aren't language specific. They can be used with different languages in order for people to start experimenting with the ideas in Noblape. Bob asks whether the land operator will move into a seasonal or beyond seasonal land representation. For folks listening in, the land operator is a concept based in quantum mechanics. What it does is you take a land function, which is just a representation of the landscape in two dimensions, and you apply what is called an operator, which just basically changes the land into a variety of different factors, um, you know, moving sunlight, water, uh, sunlight over time, uh, land surface area, land height, these kind of things. And saying that, you know, certain plants and animals are combinations of these operators. So statistically, you can say that a particular kind of tree, like surface area, water, um, and, you know, average sunlight over time. And by using these factors, you can work out what the population density of these trees are at any specific place on the island. And it's a probability, but through 
using like I don't know, like noise meshes and things like that, you can work out what the probability of a tree is at any given point. Bob was asking specifically if I'd move beyond the kind of daylight operators and move into seasonal trends where obviously plants and animals would fluctuate based on various seasonal factors. Here varying sunlight, concepts like drought, concepts like flooding, things that happen over time, some in a stochastic nature, some in just a predictive nature. And I think it's quite an interesting concept. It's not there yet, but it'd be very easy for someone to add. He also asked specifically about whether I would change the ApeSpace coordinates from being a grid coordinate system into being a sphere coordinate system. I invested probably a year and a half in looking at a variety of different sphere coordinate systems. What I ended up with was like a cube kind of spherized with a view that there would be, I think, what, eight discontinuities and the discontinuities as the size of the sphere grew were less and less important. And there are various rendering algorithms that enable the cube to sphere, you know, transformation to be done at a relatively high resolution. All the other sphere coordinate systems that I found relied on relatively abstract coordinates. And the benefit of using the cube is the coordinate system is pretty well defined within the majority of the space. And for that reason, it was just a, an easier system to adopt. I think people pretty well fundamentally understand the nature of what a cube is, and in particular how you change a cube to a sphere. And you can avoid the discontinuities relatively easily as the sphere increases in size. It's also a very easy way to do graphics. It's a very easy way to perturb graphics. And the early sphere simulations that I did, uh, Planet Noble Ape it was called, were based on actually rendering the sphere characteristics out to the surface and then using the surface as the map. So fundamentally kind of projecting out this cube sphere thing to a sufficiently high resolution that you could kind of screenshot, you know, 256 by 256 of the sphere component and get a perfectly nice landscape out of that, irrespective of whether it was a cube or whether it appeared to be actually a sphere. A lot of this mathematics is very esoteric, and really when I implemented Planet Noble Ape initially, I wanted to try and make this mathematics as simple as possible for anyone to pick up. So these have been Bob Mottram's questions. I'm not sure whether they've produced exciting short funks or interesting short funks, but I wanted to put them in there in between a variety of other short funk topics just to give people a taste of some of the conversation that occurred in Manchester when Bob Mottram and I finally met. Tom Barbelay in San Jose, signing out.